Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we gotta shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Man to Man Podcast. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the Hoopstar Nash. Mr. Hoopstar, you're getting better and better at that every single time. I'm liking the enthusiasm on each episode here. I've been working on it, man. That's my <laughs> Let's keep it going, man. All right, so what's up, guys? As we head into week nine of the NBA, this week's episode is going to look a little bit different than the other ones as we bring on our very first guest to speak with us. But first, there are a couple things around the league that we must discuss. So, Liam, let's get after it. So let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. This is a team that we haven't talked about pretty much all season. The Bucks are the best in the NBA right now. Their record holding 24 and 3 losses. They're looking unstoppable. They are being led by the most athletic player in the league, Giannis the Ant-Man. Giannis the Kumpo, Giannis the Kumpo. So they have 18 wins in a row. You know, they got Giannis as a reigning MVP. If you want to just kind of go into his stats and, and why he is such a big player for their team. Yeah, we see him getting it done, actually. 31 points per game, 13 rebounds a game. Leads the NBA in double-doubles. He's also getting five assists a game. And he's leading the, the league in minutes played per game, too, at 34. This guy does it all, pretty much, for that Bucks team. The way that their team is set up, they need him to go out every night and compete and put on these numbers. And that's why I think they got the best record in the league right now. Second in points, only behind James Harden, but they're two different complete players. Like It's almost like James Harden is trying to get all these points. I actually watched a game the other night where he didn't reach his career high. He had 60 in the third quarter. He was two points shy of his career high, and they take him out for the fourth quarter. And you see him at the end of the bench getting all frustrated and, and mad. Whereas you have a Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would much rather have this guy on my team because he's not only a team player, but he also doesn't care about his stats. This is why they are the best team in the league right now, rather than worrying about stats, worrying about how many points you're going to put up. I'd much rather have this guy. I know you're a big Rockets guy making it to the finals, but a big thing for me is I don't know if they can do it if you got a guy on your team worrying about stats. So that's why I think this team has a lot of success right now now you know he's very unselfish with the ball he's a big rebounder he's a big key player for their team we got to put some respect on this man's name uh, and the job this team has done so far i'm gonna stop you and say uh, i'm gonna have a hot take here <laughs> All right, let's I, got, hear I gotta throw a hot take out there because i don't think that the bucks are the best team in the east let alone the nba right now Obviously, you got the Lakers over there, right behind them at 23-3. and But in the Eastern Conference, 
top to bottom roster wise, I think the Bucks are going to run into some problems with the 76ers. I think 76ers right now look like they are the best team in the East. And my hot take here is I think I got the Rockets and the 76ers in the finals this year. Trash. It's like a 500 <laughs> to 1 odd right there in Vegas, bro. Like, you think the Rockets are beating the Lakers? Harden, he had, I think, two 50 point games. 53 and 54 if he can do that and russell can you know just say i'm gonna get you at least 20 that's 75 points right there yeah and that's all the points they're getting the whole game <laughs> i'll tell you that <laughs> hey, right well, now click clint capella though. oh don't get me that clint a, capella i don't even know who clint capella he's grown he's grown into a, a big man he, he's not a little boy anymore and i think they could be dangerous but yeah i got the rockets why do you think the 76ers are better than the bucks I think that Joel Embiid has proven that he is the best center in the league um, off of this week. I know on over AD. I mean, I know over on TNT. So Chuck and and Shaq called out Joel Embiid and said, "Hey, you know, I did blah, see blah, this and blah blah blah. You not playing like the most dominant big man." And he comes out and he he produces of almost. I think it was almost a forty point game and. I mean, he had 15 or 14 rebounds in that game. And he has to do that every night to show his dominance. That's why I think he is the best big man in this league that will pound you on the block and say, I'm going to score this basket. Long season ago, we're going to transition into something that we as fans haven't seen before. The Mexico City games. The Spurs and the Suns traveled to Mexico City. This was the first time a regular season game took place in Mexico City. We saw a glimpse of this in the preseason as the Pacers traveled to India. That was the first time that has happened. And we kind of see the NBA trying to expand its horizons, going outside the country. And this is just a cool thing to see. A lot of fans around the world want to see, you know, a LeBron James, but not even just another NBA team or an NBA player. You have at least one really good player on every single team. Um, But it was a cool battle to see if you want to get a little bit more in depth. It was a good game. It went into overtime. The fans there saw kind of what the NBA atmosphere is all about. They got their money's worth. We see Patty Mills hit a a game winner three with about like 0.3 seconds on the clock to propel the Spurs to the victory, 121 to 119. But yeah, like you said, I think the NBA is going to try to start transitioning to getting maybe one or two games a year to be played over in a different country. Because as you look at it, the NBA has the fan base globally and all their games are played in the U.S. So it's kind of hard to get those international fans a part of the game. Unless it's a Toronto Raptors team. Right. I mean, we're bordering them. But yeah, I think it was good and it was a good game. So kudos to the NBA to make that happen this year. I'm excited to see that progress and other games being played in other countries as well. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, guys. So we are going to introduce our first guest, creating some history for Man to Man podcast. Not only did this six seven, two hundred twenty pound stud become second team All Conference in twenty sixteen, first team All Conference 2017-2018, ranked ninth nationally in field goal percentage in twenty nineteen, the NCAA Division One. This guy is now taking his talents overseas to play professional basketball in Estonia, but now more recently he's in. Denmark. Please welcome our dear friend and companion, my guy, Mr. Rob Marbury. How are you? Good, sir. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Liam and I 
have been trying to come up with different ideas on how we can build our podcast each week. And we're like, you know, I feel like we're kind of stalling right now. And then we just came into that idea. Bam, let's try to get Rob on here. I texted you about it last week and you texted me back immediately. They're like, yeah, let's do it. So man, we appreciate you coming on. And before we dive into this whole interview process, we're going to ease into it a little bit and give our listeners a little bit of a view on how Liam and I know you, our relationship with you, and then some basics about your background. Rob and I have grown up together. We played AU ball. And of course, I rode the pine all the way at the end of the bench. But guess who was right beside me this whole time? That's right. My guy, Mr. Rob Mar. I'm calling you out right now. That's right. I was sitting, I was sitting at probably uh six foot two thirty-five back then. I was chonky and you were right there with me. We were just cracking jokes at the end of the bench while uh Tanner Priest and, and Ryan Moult were getting all the buckets. <laughs> I swear it was like I was a small guy. So like I was cool. Like I would go into every game, like crossing my arms and the coach is like, man, get in the, get your head in the game. We're about to play. I'm like, I'm not about to play any of these minutes. Um, and then we would, we would just be talking about that at the end of the bench, man. Let's just go back to your place, play some call of duty. Let's figure it out. Cause this is not worth our time right now. And then you just exploded. So we took our separate paths in high school. I went to Lipscomb, Rob went to FRA in Nashville, Tennessee. Hadn't seen him in a couple years before then we finally got to play against each other. My junior year of high school and he grew like eight inches. I vividly remember playing you, bro. I was so scared to play you. You guys were so good. You had a couple of different guys on a team that were going to play college ball. I was the point guard coming out, you know, for the layup lines. And I, you know, I was the first one to shoot the layup. I didn't even hit the rim. <laughs> Freaking the nerves out! Caught in. The nerves set in a little bit. I started, I started sweating immediately. I just went to the bench and just started crying. But then, like the first two minutes of that game, I drove into the paint. You know, going up for a layup, I hit the fundamental pump fake, and your tall ass just took it. You absolutely trampled me to the ground, and I don't think I've ever seen someone so ready, so bug eyed to just block the shit out of my side and then send it to That's the right. 80th row. That's right. Here's the thing, like about about those games, like when I was playing against friends, like. I kind of had the mentality. I was like, all right, my friends can't give me shit for after the game. Like if they're better than me. So like, I got to do something right. Like <laughs> when I play like Brentwood Academy and NBA and Ravenwood, like I'd have to show something, but I was still like the kind of semi unathletic kid back then. So like I was really hustling hard. Like I like, I look forward to those lips from games. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then Liam, if you want, you can just go into how, you know, Rob, I know you guys played against each other in high school. Yeah. Me and Rob, we, uh, we're in the same conference, I guess it was. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. FRA and USN played each other twice a year, honestly. And you guys were probably the team that we looked at the most and thinking that we have to beat you guys to uh, make state every year. Yeah, and the thing about those games is, like, y'all were just tough. I mean, y'all just ran a bunch of sets. We couldn't scout y'all. I mean, it was tough. I mean, like, I look forward to USN. I really look forward to DCA just because I hated those guys. Top right. to bottom hated those guys. I think I think everybody hated DCA. That's right. <laughs> everybody that's right. in the conference right. hated DCA. Like all uh, the Nashville teams in our conference, USN was probably some of my favorite games. Just I mean, we had a good atmosphere for all those games too. It was fun. Just knowing that our two teams were like the top two teams for the most part in that conference, it was just every game was really good. Also, you Kenny Cooper, you played with at FRA, right? He also yeah, yeah, yeah. he also played with you at Lipscomb as well in college, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
Did he? Yeah. Did you have any influence on him there to kind of like bring him on to Lipscomb? Or so me and we. I mean, obviously we knew each other at FRA, and um, I mean he was probably the best point guard to ever come through FRA. And so when I went to Western Kentucky my freshman year, he would come on unofficial visits, and I'm really good friends with his dad. Uh, my family and his family are good friends. And so I always try to influence him to come to WKU. And I told him after the season, I was like, listen, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to stay here too much longer. <laughs> a couple, a couple of factors on that, but we can get into that later. But you know, and that's, and then he made the decision to go to Lipscomb and, and that's about the same time that I made my decision. And so it kind of was just a perfect world where, you know, they needed a, a really good point guard at Lipscomb and kind of fell in the hands of coach Casey and it was perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Kenny Cooper was a year younger than you, Rob. So that all kind of worked out well. What made your decision to want to go to Western Kentucky at first, right after after high school? Uh, so I went on, I guess it was two unofficial visits there. I mean, it's only an hour north of, of Nashville. Um, so I was up there pretty frequently My um, going into my senior year. It was a fun school, you know, at the time. I'll be honest, my priorities weren't exactly like go and hoop and try to kill it. Obviously, that was like in my head, but uh, no, WKU is a really cool school. It's big. And my AAU teammate, Justin Johnson, he actually uh, was already committed there. Um, and so I had a bunch of influence on him by him to go there. So I made that decision. It wasn't the greatest decision, you know, looking back. But, you know, I had I had some good memories there and it, it kind of helped me out um, in the long run at Lipscomb. So you transferred your sophomore year, like you just said, to Lipscomb. What was the biggest impact? influence for that I mean I don't really know how you guys played your freshman year at Western Kentucky if you were you know good decent bad or whatever but what was like the biggest influence did you just want to get back to Nashville or yeah a little bit of that honestly I, I wouldn't get a lot of play time I, you know it was a freshman year I was I was trying to soak it all in and but yeah I, I kind of knew looking at the roster for next year that I wasn't going to get a lot of play time so ended up getting on the transfer list and and weighing out my options and it was between Lipscomb and uh, Tennessee Tech uh, which I had I had a good relationship with the co- with the ex coach there, and so you know it was it was a tough decision for me to make. But Coach Casey kind of just told me on a phone call. He was like, "Listen, you know we need a five man. Uh, we think you can do it." Because he had re- recruited me previously when he was at Stetson University, um, okay. and then he made his way to Lipscomb. So I had a good relationship with him and the assistants, and it kind of just worked out perfectly because they needed a five man for that next upcoming season. So it just kind of worked out. But for that sophomore year, you sat out. Is that how it goes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the transfer list. A lot of people get like, uh, I guess, waived to sit out to redshirt uh, when they transfer. So I was cool with it. I kind of knew it was coming. Yeah, that was just kind of a sacrifice that you, you had to take. And then obviously, you know, you made the decision because you obviously believed in their program. Shout out, Rob, coming yeah. to Lipscomb, playing some Lipscomb basketball, baby. <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> Going Let's over go. to the enemy, man. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> take us through about Lipscomb commerce that they're in and who your biggest rivals are and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the uh, the A Sun, the Atlantic Sun. Um, and I think we used to be in the SoCon, but that was way before my time. But you know, we we have I think eight teams um, in the conference. We just added Liberty University last year, who we uh, we lost to in the championship game. We also have Florida Gulf Coast, kind of the big name. They made that big season. run in the NCAA yeah, tournament in 2016. Actually, Small World is that I'm playing now in Denmark with Christian Terrell, who was the guard at Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, the year that we won it, it was his senior. 
senior year. And so, good guy. Um, they always have some good some good character guys on that team. Um, they're always fun to hang around with. Other teams like Kennesaw State, they, they're um, in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is like, I think, 30 minutes north of Atlanta. But, you know, it's honestly the top three teams are usually pretty good. And the bottom five or six are usually in like the 300s out of 351, 353 of teams. So, you know, if you have a loss in conference, there's like, there's not really a way to get an at-large bid um, at all. Like, you know, you see a lot of these ACC, SEC teams are losing, you know, four or five games in conference and they're still getting at-larges. We just don't have that luxury. So uh, we kind of have to grind it out and and either win the tournament or go undefeated, which both of those are extremely hard. (laughs) Those are hard things to do. But you know, it it comes with a little experience. It's it's still fun to kind of have that pressure on you the whole season, but it's cool. So you guys did win your conference and made the NCAA tournament, right? That's right. Yeah, my junior year. Your junior year. Kind of take us through that. Maybe the games leading up to that and the conference championship. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, we I think we lost some gimme games in the regular season non-conference that season, my junior year, um, that we should have won. I guess messing around, didn't come ready to play, you know, stuff that happens. And uh, we buckled down. We were picked to make the championship but lose to Florida Gulf Coast because they had some dogs on the team. They had Christian Terrell, a guy named Zach Johnson, who transferred to Miami. He, he killed it there last season. And then Brandon Goodwin, who is in the uh, G League now. I think he's got a two-way with Atlanta. And he actually just had a triple-double two nights ago in the G League. So he's killing it. I mean, they just had some – their personnel was great. And so they were picked to win it. We came to their place the last game of the season in Fort Myers. And Garrison Matthews, my teammate who's with Washington now, absolutely dominated the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were up by, I think, 33 at halftime. You guys were up by so much, bro. Take me in that second half where they almost beat you guys. Here's the thing. We were up by 33. And then if you watch the game, again my mom probably has it recorded if you watch the game again the announcers are saying if they blow this lead it'll be the biggest lead blown in conference championship history right 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 <laughs> they kept they said that probably about five to ten times in that second half and i think i'm in foul trouble with like i don't know six minutes left i'm sitting on the bench so i'm looking up i'm like all right damn seven point game yeah <laughs> you know like we were just at my 33 where'd that go and uh, Kenny was in foul trouble too, so we didn't really we needed a point guard, and uh, we had our two and three guards playing point guards, and they weren't really that familiar with the position. But you know, we we stuck through. I think we hit some crucial free throws at the end. Kenny hit some free throws, and uh, we ended up winning it, which was crazy by like I think like eight or nine points. But man, that was probably the coolest game of my life. But yeah, then we had like I think it was ten days off until the selection Sunday, and we were just chilling at Lipscomb. We had a bunch of practices. You know, we had probably two a days for like three or four days. Coach was kind of killing us with conditions trying to get us back because you know end of the season we're, we're beating up and right. he wanted to get us back and selection sunday comes and we have a program where we have practice beforehand it was like a i guess it started at like five we have like a one o'clock practice all i could think about warming up i was like all right who are we gonna get right is it duke is it you know gonzaga is it, you know i'm thinking of all these like juggernauts that are just absolutely great and i'm like and i'm thinking to myself i'm like all right i gotta guard this guy i gotta guard that guy like man he's a footer like he's a seven footer i gotta guard this guy but so that's what i want to ask you rob like after this game against florida gulf coast the confidence level must have been through the roof obviously you guys know that you're going to have the last seed in the ncaa tournament was that a given not even like thinking about 15th seed yeah for the most part just because we had some bad losses in like regular 
season, and so we had, we were looking at all the projections, and I forget who does all the ESPN projections. We were looking on his Twitter, and they're like, Lipscomb's locked at 16, Lipscomb's locked at playing game, and but our coach is telling us like, no, we might get a 14, we might get a 15, because like right. we beat Gulf Coast, they're projected, whatever. But yeah, I mean, we we had the confidence, but it wasn't that confident. Right. So leading up to that selection Sunday, you guys had the practice, and then absolutely loved watching you and all your teammates, the faces, because you know it's obviously recorded live you guys are laughing with each other but also take me through that moment right there leading up to it and then the moment once you found out i mean there's probably youtube videos showing like our the tv like or they're recording us in the gym and stuff i was ecstatic i was crazy happy about everything and so like I mean, all our fa- our friends and family were like the small section of Lipscomb. It was insane. I mean, because I mean, as a kid, you grow up and like your initial thought as a kid is like, man, I want to play for those teams. I want to play for the Syracuses and the UNCs and the Dukes. And then like, you know, that doesn't work out. So you play a mid-major. You play like the underdogs. And then like, all right, now we got to knock these guys off. Right. Like, we got to beat these guys. And so you're just thinking like, all right, I can be the upset guy. Right. And so I'm extremely nervous. I, I leave. I go home. I'm at my apartment. I'm alone. And I'm thinking to myself, crap. Like, we got to scout <laughs> these guys. And they had Luke May, who Luke was May. an absolute animal. I mean, I think he got ACC Player of the Year the year before. And, like, there's a website that you do scouting for called Synergy. I don't even need to look at that. I just go to YouTube and type <laughs> in Luke May. He's all over the place. And so I'm like, oh, damn, I got to guard this guy. Like, he's an absolute unit. Like, he can score both hands extremely well. He can shoot outside. I was like, I got my work cut out for me. And I remember I, my assistant coach, Coach Eastrom, I guess he's back with his family at his house. He sends me a text with Luke May and the eye emojis. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. This is gonna be a long week. Yeah. It's gonna be a long week. You know, it was still a good experience. You know, we got to the game in Charlotte, which was home court advantage for UNC. Their fans didn't have to travel too far to go to the game. We had a good outing of fans. Obviously, you know, we had a strong family group that always came to most of the away games. Right. So leading up to that game, Kyrie Irving sent you guys shoes, didn't he? So it's like the Nike teams. It was either Paul George's or the Kyrie's. Okay. Um, and like, so we got to choose. But yeah, like I think Nike came out with a commercial that like, he came out and it was Kyrie and PG and they were talking like Nike family like here you go go hooping them yeah that's awesome which was cool it was really cool so like even though he was talking to all the people like he was talking to us you know like he was talking <laughs> with the guys <laughs> you guys are obviously the big underdogs in this tournament but you know the confidence is still there right I mean take me through what the coach is saying to you guys how are you feeling once you actually finally step onto that court like the pregame speech that coach gave us I can't remember it exactly but I think it, it had some, obviously has some to do with like go out there you know love what you do have fun with the game and oh don't forget that you can easily beat these guys if you just play well which I mean we all came out with a sense of confidence that we you know we thought that we could win the game right so like there wasn't a doubt in our minds that like if we get our shots up we hoop and we can make all the easy shots like we'll be all right so leading up to the game was cool it was it was a massive arena spectrum center uh, that's where the Hornets play so we were there and you know we were all kind of thinking I don't think he showed up but like MJ is like a part owner in the Hornets so we're thinking like oh oh shoot it's UNC <laughs> you know it's his place like he's gonna be here watching right. but I don't think he was Grant Hill was there he was he was one of the spokesmen for the game and, and it was crazy just like hearing all the big names and going through your routine and going through layup lines and seeing these famous people in the crowd like looking at you it should have been the other way around like I should have been in the crowd looking at Grant Hill warm up you know it was cool it was cool yeah. <laughs> 
I want to know what it was like at half. We had like some bad turnovers that were just kind of dumb. And I remember I missed some like some bunnies at the rim. We came out and we we hit some some deep threes. I know Garrison hit like a turnaround three in the corner, like that kind of got us sparked. You know, I, we brought the game closer, but then we got into foul trouble and uh, and that was it. But it was still like a you know it was like a perfect situation for us. It was it was awesome. Did you have any regrets, man, or were you just you know so like blessed to even be in this opportunity to have this moment to play the you know number one team in the nation? The regret was initially right after the game I was like damn I wish I could have made that make that extra pass stuff like that at the end of the day like we were just kind of feeling it for our seniors we had like a good core group of seniors that were just awesome and you know even though they they didn't really get the play time to like show that they were great players they were awesome players awesome teammates awesome guys off the court uh, that I still keep up with so like that's the only thing I was really feeling like I I know the guys in my class they still keep up with most of those guys in in the class above us so that was really all we were feeling coach came in and and was talking to us and and he got a little emotional for the seniors and stuff like that just kind of natural stuff and I was still like super happy after the game I was like all right we made history we're the first team to ever do this at Lipscomb like right right you know we at least got to tip our caps to that so then the next year, you guys don't make the NCAA tournament, but you guys get to play in the NIT. Tell us who you played against. I'm going to uh, step back five games before that. So okay. we, <laughs> Go ahead. Just because it's because it's kind of funny. I can tell it now because I'm separated from Lipscomb. So like after the Liberty loss, everybody kind of goes home, goes to their dorms, their apartments, and like we're pissed. So this is the conference championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay. is the conference championship. We lost that at home. Like, everybody's pissed. Everybody's, like, sad that we lost. And, and like, I remember, like, people were texting me, like, man, you still got games to play. Like, you still get the NIT. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, screw the NIT, man. Yeah. Like, this sucks. I don't want to play <laughs> any more games. Like, my body hurts. I know everybody else's body hurts. So, like, we're at Coach's house a couple days later for the selection show for the NIT. We get paired up with Davidson. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, let's just let's just get a quick loss so I can get, I can get my speed <laughs> oh my done. Like, <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds horrible, like, as a basketball player. But like, and I love basketball to death. But, like, in my mind, I was so low from the Liberty loss. I was like, all right, damn it, guys. Let's just lose this one. Let's go back home. The weather's looking nice in Nashville. Like... Let's just go have a good time. Just because you were in the NCAA tournament the year prior. And it, that's right. That's right. It just doesn't feel as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it's, doesn't mean as much. But, like, I was gladly mistaken after that. So we, we go to, to North Carolina. We play Davidson. We're down at halftime, I think, about, like, four or five. And you're like, let's lose. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. At that point, I'm like, all right, like, all right guys, we're already here. We might as well. We might as well win this thing. <laughs> yeah. So we, we ended up winning it. Michael Buckland, he's a, a junior guard, senior guard this year, goes off. I think he has like 17 or 19. It's his home state. Like he goes off for his first home crowd. And so like we come back to Nashville and get like a chartered jet from the NIT. We're like, all right, boys, like we did it. We might as well just keep winning. Let's let's just keep on going. And like we we joke around, but like I I know we kind of wanted to win at that point. Yeah. So we, we play UNC Greensboro at their place. So we go back to North Carolina, beat them at their place. They're number one seed in the NIT. We wax them. They're a great team, but they had such a hard conference play. They had what Wofford um, in their conference. Their mm-hmm. con- the SOCON is great. Come back home and we get paired up with NC State. So like I'm thinking to myself, like another big ACC school, like we can right. get them. If we win this game, we go to New York for for Madison Square Garden for the Final Four. We go to their place and it's it's my favorite game I've ever had to play in my whole entire life. It's in a, they, they play at PNG Arena in North Carolina, but they played in the smaller, the women's arena for this game because they weren't going to get as many fans. Well, they sold out this arena. It was, <laughs> you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't hear yourself talk. And like face-to-face, you could not hear 
hear yourself talk. It was awesome. So we're back and forth. I think it was like 17 or 18 lead changes throughout the game. And obviously you guys saw the replays of like Garrison had 44 points. Yeah. And he was he literally could not be stopped. I think he got triple teamed a couple possessions and still just threw it up and made it. <laughs> and then Kenny with the game winner. Yeah. Little turnaround floater. Yeah. Yeah. And it was crazy. There's a cool picture. It's Nathan, uh, Nathan Moran. And he's like, I think it's the highest he's ever jumped in his life. He's on the bench when Kenny made it. <laughs> and he jumped, I think, I mean, his vertical has got to be 25, 26 inches. He jumped 45 inches. <laughs> he looked he looked like the white Zion at that point. That's and, hilarious. Uh, yeah, and it was that was a crazy game. That was a crazy game. So like we were all pumped up to win that one and to go to New York. The feeling was just different. It was the final four was us, TCU, Texas, and Wichita. And when we get up there, we're like leaving the airport. We're on our charter bus and we're like going to the hotel and like you have to drive through Times Square, right? Mm-hmm. And we're looking up and like we you know all the billboards and the electronic TVs everywhere and stuff like that. And we're looking up and like all right, cool. Like, there's some Texas signs. There's some TCU signs. Not a not a Lipscomb sign in sight. <laughs> like they, they didn't even know. They they probably had some NC State up there. And they thought they were gonna beat us. Right. And and I'm I'm like, oh crap. Like we're about to get waxed up in this final four. But we didn't. Like we have like press conference before then, and I think it's me and Kenny and Garrison and Coach. And it's funny because like the little guy, you, you know this. Like the little guy always gets disrespected. Uh, when it comes to like questions and like if you got if you got some big name teams that like you want to ask them questions first, but it's just kind of disrespectful because we're on the same platform at that point, you know, like right, right. You guys made it there. You did your work to get there. Yeah. So we're like we we're looking over and we're in the same conference room and and I'm looking over and I see Jackson Hayes getting interviewed. He's a he was you know a lottery pick whatever, but he was yeah. hurt. He wasn't even playing in these games. Huh. Like like he had been hurt for like ten games prior. So I'm like. Why is this guy getting interviewed about their game plan? Like he hadn't been a scouting report in a week. Yeah. Like, but you know, they they asked us some some questions about like how do you feel and like we had to act confident and stuff like that. But it was cool. It was, it was a good time. It was my like kind of first really you know scene of like the big basketball like interview press conference stuff, and it was cool. It was really cool. So you beat Wichita State, and then now you're in the finals versus Texas. And I know personally for you, there's that Texas post, and he was a footer, right? I mean, that guy I've seen him the past couple of years when we were on college that was one of the guys that texas had that was probably their best player take me through that game and then you know what's the strategy going in yeah they i mean their their team was so well-rounded like that they had i mean all their players were great that year so like our scouting report was so evenly balanced like you couldn't just focus on one guy you know mm-hmm. like they had they had six five guards that were, they could just do anything their their foreman was he was great i think he's playing pro in italy now or spain they had some dogs like and their bench was deep. Like, they had guys just coming off the bench where they could just shoot. They could rebound the heck out of the ball. And so, like, our coach was essentially like, all right, it's one of those miracle games. Like, you guys can go out and win this thing easily, but, like, you just got to play well. You can't be thinking, like, it's Texas. And, like, we honestly did. Like, we had we had great confidence coming to the game. They laid it on us. Defensively, they were so long and athletic that a lot of our sets didn't work because we weren't used to playing teams with 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", across the guard positions. You know, it, you know, plays that could work against ETSU or UNCG or smaller, you know, mid-majors like that, it just wasn't going to work for this big team. But we still got a lot of good shots a lot of you know a lot of 50 50 balls like we hustled the hell out of the ball that, that day they were a better team that night so you know it's like it was just one of those games but it was still like my last game was at madison square garden like that's yeah. the coolest thing i could think about you know that was the end of your career right your college career you guys made an amazing run you broke history at lipscomb you know being the first lipscomb team to go to the n 
NCAA tournament. I mean, obviously, I can speak on behalf of everyone from Nashville and Lipscomb fans. You know, we were all so proud of you, and it was so cool. You know, I went to Lipscomb High School, so it was, I had you know a lot of relationship to seeing you know my college team do so well, and then knowing you growing up and playing basketball, man. So I just had so much respect for you guys, and you know, it was the NIT, and I know you might have thought that ah, you know, this and that, it's not as good as the prior year, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to transition to. It was your last game into Madison Square Garden. When did you really realize that you know ah, this is you know this is it? Were there any regrets? What was the locker room like? And then when did you kind of just realize, man, that this this was it for me? So my college career is over. Man, I had one of those like exact moment feelings. It was the night before the game and I'm laying in bed and I think my mom called me. My mom and my dad called me, but they were both in the same room and, and they're like, hey, so how do you, how do you feel? Like, I'm good. Like, I'm just trying to get some rest. They're, they get so excited before games. They call me right before bedtime and like, I got, I got to get some sleep, but they just want to talk about the game. And so like, my dad's giving me a game plan. Like, he thinks he knows everything about basketball. But, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. And my mom's like, you know what, regardless of win or loss, you know, you're lucky that you, you that you know that this is going to be your last game. Right. Like you have like, there's no doubt that this is going to be the last game. You can't play anymore. Like you, you maxed out. Right. I was thinking, I was like, that's such a cool feeling that like I maxed out my college season that right. way. And so, you know, regrets, I, I don't have too many regrets about my college career. My freshman year, I did not take it as seriously as I thought I would, but I think that lack of seriousness helped me be the player that I am today. Cause I know that, that I can't afford to, go back to that way that I was that I was acting my freshman year. You know, everybody wants to be like the college kid and but you can't do it both for long term. So that was probably the only regret I have. But it still molded me to be the guy that I am today. So it was, you know, kind of a kind of a turnaround. Let's transition into after that your college career is over. Take us through the realization that you wanted to play basketball overseas and how did that all come about? I know you played some summer ball too with the three on three from Pro Am hoops as well. Well, like take us through that transition into being picked up by a Euroball team. Yeah. So, you know, like as your senior year goes on and, and you produce, you know, pretty good stats, you get like some like kind of no name agents, kind of like one hitter guys that just want a quick, easy buck. And so you get you get a lot of those phone calls or text messages or like Instagrams from guys. And then I'm asking my assistant coach, Coach Rotigliano, who's at Belmont now, I'm like, you know, is this legit? He's like, you've got a shot. Like he's been coaching for, you know, years and he's like, you've got a shot at playing. So I was thinking, like, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind. Is that something like right after college you knew for sure that you wanted to play? Did you enter the NBA draft? <laughs> no, 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 no. So, no, I definitely did not enter Liam, the NBA Liam draft. Entered, I put my name in there. I put my name in the hat. After Knox? After, after Knox, Knox I, you had to. Yeah, you had to. But, I mean, it was just for shits and giggles, but I mean, might as well. Yeah, I mean, because like, think about it. If like a team, someone gets hurt, injury report, they need Liam over there shooting threes, just deep balls. <laughs> Mr. Hoopstar. <laughs> That's right, hoop star, hoop star Nash over there. Nah, so I, I never, yeah, wow. I never entered the draft, but that wasn't really a realistic option for me. Was, honestly, I didn't have the capability of doing so at the time. So I hired an agent right after the season, and so I mean, he he did his job, and then I actually kind of fumbled around with agents, and I got a new agent now um, that got me my job here in Denmark, and um, he's done a great job. But yeah, like right after right after the season ended, I was like, this is what I want to keep doing. Like I love. I love basketball still and 
until that love goes away, I, I kind of want to just keep hooping and, or my body breaks down, which that's probably going to come a lot sooner. <laughs> right. Three on three was it's seniors that have ended their college careers and they're trying to play professionally. So it's like the, I think it's the four best seniors, quote unquote, of that conference. A lot of them like opt out of doing the three on three because their agents tell them to, or somebody's telling them not to just like liability issues and stuff like, like you, like the ACC didn't have like their top three players. Right. Uh, but they still had like some strong competition that wanted to hoop still. So yeah, it was, it was cool. So we had four players and so three on three and a sub and, uh, we went to Minneapolis, the Mall of America, and it was wild because like you'd walk around and top three draft picks. It was Zion, Ja, and RJ. I'm turning around, I see John Morant, like he's like <laughs> helping out. He's like like helping out one of his teammates that's doing this three on three thing. He's actually get he. I think Ja went up to buy a pair of shoes from the Nike store or like the finish line and gave them to his boy to hoop in. That's awesome. Cause he needed some shoes. And I'm looking, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I might ask him for a pair of shoes. This dude's got endless money right now. Just, uh, just handing them out. Yeah. Just handing out to everybody that's trying to hoop. It was cool. I played with a guy from Liberty, a guy from Jacksonville and we played, uh, we won one game, lost two. We didn't really get out of pool play, but it was wild. It was such a cool situation. It was a good like ending point of the season for me. Cause that was like the last basketball thing that I did until school was done. Take us through your agent. What teams were you deciding from if you had any teams? I mean, you know me. I'm like, I get nervous, like thinking about my future when it comes to like stuff like this. Like I can control it, but I can't control it. I got my agent and I, I mean, for anybody listening that has been through like the agency ordeal, it's so like hit or miss on like team. So like my agent would call me. He's like, yo, Rob, you got a team in this place or that place. They asked about you. I'm like, like sweet so like the first thing i do is like i call my girlfriend call my mom call my dad i'm like yo like this place is about to offer me blah 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 and then i don't hear my agent for like two days i'm like what i thought they What's were about happening? to offer me yeah yeah so i hit up my agent text my agent i was like hey give me a call like talking about this team he calls me back he's like oh no, no no they signed another big man oh my god so that happened that happened like that's gotta be frustrating so frustrating so like over june like may and june i'm thinking to myself all right i'm gonna get signed on the team all of June and July, I'm going to work out, try to get bigger and stronger, get my shot right. And then in August, leave. May goes by, nothing. My agent, everybody else is getting signed. June goes by, nothing. And I'm, th- I'm like, I call my agent. I'm like, yo, I'm freaking out. Like, give me a deal, please. Like, you know. Find anything. Anything. Find I anything. mean, give me something. I'll, I'll clean shoes for a paycheck <laughs> right now as long as it's a European team. And mid-July is when I'm just like, yo, you have anything for me? He's like, no, like these teams are backing out. So I, I made the decision to go with another agent at that point. And so I hired another agent like mid-July. He actually got a job from here super quickly in Estonia, a little town called Parno. It's like a summer town. It's like seaside for anybody that's from the South. Everybody's there in the summer, but no one's there in the winter. It's too cold. And when I say it's too cold in, in Parno, it's it's way too cold. <laughs> I landed in August 28th and I was wearing like a hoodie and sweatpants August 28th. But yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was kind of my agency situation. They it's such like a it's like a hard game just to navigate through finding the right agent. Even if he's like a great agent, he might not be the right fit for you. You know, it's got to be somebody that you that you just kind of communicate with on a on a weekly basis. 
you know, at most and just kind of get along with. Because, I mean, like, I could easily sign with a massive agency, but then again, like, I'm just like a, a little fish in a massive pond, and they won't find me. Hey, don't sell yourself me. short, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, you know, I would never sign with, like, Octagon or, like, right. or those massive agencies just because, like, I know that they're, they're going to be like, oh, who's Rob Marbury when I got, you know, Anthony Davis walking in the door. But it's a, it's a crazy process. But, you know, I was fortunate to say that I went through it at least. Right. Take us through Estonia. Like you're in Denmark now. So the league is Estonia and Latvia. It's like the top eight teams, I guess, in, in both leagues. It's wild. So it's super competitive. It's a really good league. Like Isaiah Briscoe played at Kentucky. He was in that league last year. And they always have like a either a Champions League team or like a Euro Cup League team, which those are like, besides the Euro League, you got Euro Cup and Champions League. You got some pretty good competition within that, that league over there. I played the four position for my team, which I had never done. I've always played the five. So it was like a really foreign position for me. It just didn't work out the way that I thought it would. The coach, he got a player that he thought he was getting a four and he was really getting a five. And so, you know, just kind of a miscommunication within everything and you know we had to go our separate ways and he took me into his office probably two weeks before I left and he's like it's not working out like you need to find a different team and I was like gladly because I'm not happy here and so you know it's a perfect situation I think the team now is doing well you know I still keep up with some of the guys and it was just it was a good process I'm gonna look back on it and and say that it helped me out down the road just because it did like I a little like side note like everybody thinks like Euro ball and professional basketball is like this life of luxury and like you're getting played to play a sport but like shit's different it's it's a grind yeah it's It's a grind like if you don't love basketball you quit immediately like it's two a days you don't have anybody to talk to there's a time difference like it was an eight hour time difference like I didn't talk to anybody until like midnight it was kind of miserable you know the only thing you kind of had like the redeeming factor was like you got to hoop it's just it's team by team is different uh, but I just wasn't happy there so I, I moved on and, and found a different team in Denmark was it a different agent as well or you no it was the same it was the same agent he actually he the one that got my job in Estonia he was he gladly helped me pick a new team in, in uh, Denmark and so he was actually quick with it he uh, I told him the news um, about me wanting to transfer to a different location and he was like all right cool let's go find you a team it took him about I think it was like three days, four days. So, I mean, like, you know, a lot of teams over here, they, they get players that they think they're getting something else and so they cut them. And so, like, the first, I'd say, three, four months tops is when, like, teams are like, all right, we need to cut this guy. We need to add this new guy, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of turnover the first, like, four months, which is, it's nice for me, a situation where, like, I found, like, kind of the perfect fit so far. Yeah, so Denmark, you're obviously in the middle of the season right now. It's, you know, what's the living situation like? Do you like your teammates? You know, what's the hardest thing to adjust to? I know you said you mentioned you had a girlfriend. Time difference, maybe a long distance relationship is harder. But yeah, just kind of take me through all this whole process. I know you said it was miserable. You know, what are you adjusting to? And, you know, are you liking everything? And then a little bit about the the season. The living situation is actually really nice compared to my last place. I was in a hotel room in Estonia. But here, here, here's different. Yeah, so like I have, it's kind of like a frat house here. Um, there's seven guys living in the house. Uh, it's right next to the gym. We get we get bikes. Like the town, like everybody bikes in the town, so it's super cool. It's called Nestle. It's about an hour south of Copenhagen. And Copenhagen's massive. There's a train that goes to Copenhagen all the time of the day, so uh, we, we kind of venture out there a lot. But yeah, I mean, the living situation's cool. I get a full-size kitchen, bathroom, all that stuff, so like I'm, I'm not hurting here. Teammates are super cool, so 
I don't. I mean, I know a lot of guys that don't have the same situation as me. But like, I got, I got two Americans. I knew one of the Americans already from FGCU. All the guys speak like super, super fluent English, which is super nice. Yeah. So I mean, like, that's a big, that's a big like barrier. Yeah. That is a big thing. And so like, I got a couple of veterans on the team that I that I can have as mentors. I can ask questions about basketball and just life in general over here. You know, I just, just kind of go day by day with the new guys too. Coaching staff's awesome. Our coach is a little wild when it comes to practice, but you know. It's just part of the grind. You mentioned you had a girlfriend. Yeah, no, the biggest change is definitely like communicating and like having relationships with all my friends back home, my family, my girlfriend. My parents have already come out here once, planned to come for Christmas, which is super nice. Like, there you go. Love them to death for that. My girlfriend, she's got a big girl job. So she, shout out Christine. She's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shout out one big, time. You, gotta, you have to. Uh, she's got a big girl job. She's been out to Estonia once and been out to Denmark once, and she plans to come back for my birthday uh, again for New Year's. My birthday. My birthday's on the fifth of January. I mean, she's a trooper because she, I mean, her PTO is just running out. And <laughs> she's just she's just taking it all here. But yeah, no, there's like the biggest transitions. I, I miss Mexican food a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, you got Satco right down the road, so it's like. It's hard just to like find things like that here. You can't really find it. Contract-wise, um, I'm on a contract here, but it's just year to year. And so you sign like a one-year deal, usually these European teams. You know, there's some vets and some like really good players that sign like two and three years. But that's that's usually for like the upper leagues. I'm in like a very first first year like league. It's a lot harder to get like a two or three year contract. And so like I'm on I'm on rookie contract, like minimal salary type thing, just kind of get by for this first year. But you know, obviously as stats go and you progress to the game, you'll get paid more and more as as the years go by. Hopefully, hopefully they they see where they gotta pay me more. I need I need more money. I want more money. <laughs> do you have to pay for your apartment where you're at right now no 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 no, no. so the team owns the house that, that we live in uh which is nice so like that that is a good thing so i don't pay for anything except for like groceries yeah there's a there's like a lunch spot that we, we get free food to so like i'm free housing we get free health care here so any surgery that i need any of that um, is free here so that's it's really nice hopefully no surgery but that is that's nice. right that's right that's right <laughs> talking, talking about the minor stuff <laughs> if i were you i wouldn't be thinking about three to five years right now i'd be thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow so i mean do you have any plans for that or is it just a day-to-day thing honestly i don't i try not to think that far in advance you know i I think like year to year like what's my what's my 2020 looking like uh like next season but you know i three to five years five years i don't know i love (laughs) basketball and my body my body feels decent right now but in five years hopefully hopefully I'm in a house, you know, in Nashville, chilling. Right. Uh, Living lavish. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully when this next contract comes in, I can I can be able to say that. But in next year, I, I really want to be on a team that's similar to this, but just in a higher league because I, I really like the situation here. So, like, hopefully, you know, if, if my stats rise up and I keep playing consistent, you know, hopefully I, I get put on a good system next year and maybe right. a warmer place. I'd love to be in, in Western Europe, like Southwest Europe. So that would be really cool. But, you know, I'm happy that I experienced this area. So, I mean, you never know. Maybe in three years I come back to this place and – they want me back here, so you never know. You just gotta keep your, you gotta keep all your options open in basketball because you just never know what's gonna happen with your body, your situation. You know, I've been keeping up with you know Lipscomb University. Have you been keeping up with them at all? And what's up with their, what's up with their Michael Jordan jerseys, man? Is that a, a big thanks to you guys, or what's going on there? I don't know, man. They, I mean, so we got a new coach, virtually a whole new team minus the the upperclassmen, 
and they're a little inexperienced when it comes to like some mm-hmm. of their major contributors. Uh, like the KJ kid with the afro, I think he's gonna he's gonna be a star at that school. And so I mean he's I think he's averaging like 15 points as a freshman right now. He's killing it. Asan, who was playing center with me last year, he's averaging I think 14 and 10. You know, right, right now like, he's killing it too as a redshirt sophomore or junior. So I mean like they got a bunch of like potential on that team. They could be just great. But it, I keep looking at these box scores and like they're losing by one to two points. They're like a buzzer beater. And so like. But, you know, it, it just comes with time. Like, I've been on teams that we lose, you know, the first five games, and then come conference time, you just find that little spurt of energy that you need, and you just go and kill it. I think that's going to do it, man. Uh, again, we appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. Uh, like I said, I think I can speak on behalf of everyone who knows you, that we all miss you. We want nothing from the best for you, your career, and a long, successful career, and obviously, you know, good health for the 2020. Liam, you got anything else? Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and giving us your insights. It's, yeah. It's nice to hear somebody that's actually doing it. Yeah, sweet. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, have me on uh, sooner than later so I can I can start speaking some more to y'all. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hopefully we'll do it again, all right? All right. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. So, Liam, that was pretty cool getting Rob on here. I know that we wanted to reach out to him. Actually surprised that he was so excited to come on and talk to us about his journey and, you know, where he's going now. So we will drop his information on how to follow Rob in the description once we post this episode. But uh, it's just another perspective on someone who we're friends with that's playing overseas and can kind of just tell us his mind real quick. So that was super cool. Yeah, for sure. It was really cool to hear his perspective on transitioning from college to being a professional. It was good to have him on here, no doubt. But with that, you want to slide into the Pacers segment, wrap this up? Yeah, we'll do the Pacers segment. We lost to the Clippers. We played the whole game playing catch-up, even though Kawhi was out due to Mr. Load Management. Uh, but that didn't slow down Paul George. PG pulled up 36, 9, and 5. Seemed like he was very comfortable being back in the field house, right? So, you know, Paul George put on a clinic against us. Clippers blew us out 110-99. We kind of came back in that fourth quarter a little bit, but they look like a, a different team when we play them. I don't even think we can match up to them anytime soon. Paul George, though, he gets booed still here. Kind of surpri- Did he get booed? Yeah, it was kind of surprising. I thought we would show him a little bit more love, but... There were some. F- That's crazy. There were some fans out there that uh, gave him the old boo, but it kind of died out once the the Clippers put that smack on us. But <laughs> um, for the Pacers, Sabonis, you know, records his high, career high triple double with 18 points, 22 rebounds, and four assists. One of four players for the Pacers to reach that 18-22 double-double. So that was kind of cool to see that. But like you said, we didn't look particularly great against this powerhouse team, even with Kawhi out. Scary team. Scary team, for sure. Um, But, you know, at least the bonus is putting up numbers. That seems like it is a consistent thing for him. So definitely not worried about him. We got to get Miles going. And then the Celtics came to the field house and we got a big win against a good team, actually. This was the first time I've kind of seen all season that we played well against a good team and actually finished strong in those last couple of minutes. That's one big thing that the Pacers haven't been doing so well. Justin Holiday was 17. Brogdon also looked good, you know, clutch play after clutch play down the stretch, icing the game at the free throw line. He had 29 points, eight assists, and it was his birthday and he topped it off with uh, 15 and 15 from the free throw line 
Sabonis, same thing. 15 points, 14 rebounds. Not worried about him. Whenever we play the Celtics, it just gets me a little riled up a little bit, you know? And I hate the Celtics. Never liked the Celtics. But, yeah, I mean, like you were talking about, is Kimba clutch? I would say no to the fact that I don't know if he's figured out how to close out games just because we, we see it as a close game down the stretch and my guy only had five points in the fourth quarter. He did all this work in quarters one through three, and then when it comes down to it, in crunch time, my guy only scored five <laughs> points, bro. <laughs> I think he was scared. I mean, he scored 39 <laughs> points quarters one through three. And you're thinking maybe he might go for 50 or 60. And then he fucking shits to bed and only scores five points. So so I guess we'll see what happens when we play them in the garden. I know we had home field advantage. But, Ethan, you can't have an excuse saying that you didn't have your heart of the team, Marcus Morris. I'm Marcus, sorry, Marcus Morris. <laughs> Marcus Smart. <laughs> Same difference. Marcus Smart is a nobody, bro. And then you say that you didn't have Gordon Hayward and who was it, Jalen Brown for the fourth quarter. Uh, Excuse me. We haven't had Victor Oladipo all season yet. So just take the L, man. I know it's tough to take an L, but uh, we'll uh, we'll take that dub and, you know, hold it very high over our shoulders until the next time we meet. We're going to transition into the Hawks. Oh, we lost to the Hawks. Psych! Come on, bro. The Hawks? They don't even have a team yet, bro. We got a win. Only won by 10, which we didn't finish well in that game, in my opinion. We were favored by six points. Brogdon led the way for the Pacers. 19 points, 12 assists. As a point guard, that's what you're supposed to do. Sabonis added another double-double, recording his 21st double-double of the year. He's the second in the NBA in double-doubles, only behind the Ant-Man Giannis Antetokounmpo himself. I mean, this game was not as close as the final score would show. Pretty much dominant this entire game i mean there's not much else to say about that besides we got the dub yeah so we just played the hornets about 30 minutes ago on this sunday night we were smacking the hornets all the way up until the third quarter i think we only had 13 points to top that quarter off they had about 24 came back made it about a seven point game to start the fourth but you know we end up pulling it back together tj mcconnell looks good that's the thing that we have discovered for the pacers i think we found our identity having that first core group come in you got Brogdon Lamb TJ Warren Miles Sabonis and then for that second group you got Aaron Holiday TJ McConnell McDermott and then Justin Holiday two Holiday brothers so it looks like we found our our identity a little bit tonight Aaron Holiday came off the bench and led all scores for both teams with 23 points shot 6 of 10 from the floor and 9 of 10 from the free throw line and then you know Sabonis doing his thing again another double double 12 points 12 rebounds this is 22nd double double now and then my guy miles turner man finally stepping up i don't know he was a little shaky at first in the last couple games but he also recorded a double double 14 points and 10 rebounds right we look good we're starting to to hit our stride here so it's good to see us get wins in my book that we should win and shouldn't even be close in the last two games see against the the hawks and the hornets we're winning these games we're supposed to win these games so it's good that we're taking care of business we are now 18 and 9 and we're on a three-game winning streak but it's looking good We do have probably our toughest test ahead this next week on Tuesday night here at Banker's Life where we uh, match up against the Lakers. So it'd be be exciting to watch that game, see kind of really where we we mesh up against a powerhouse team like that. I think that's going to be our biggest test. 
honestly, I'm scared we might get blown out. But I'm not gonna lie to you. But LeBron James has had trouble getting victories at Banker's Life. If you take it back, you even you saw LeBron James in the playoffs when we played him what two years ago. We took him to Game Seven, right? Right. I went to Game Six, sat pretty much courtside about five rows up, and got the real life uh, LeBron. Can we just shout this out real quick? You took a homeless guy to the Pacers game, and honestly, I thought. I still think to this day that is the coolest thing you've ever done. Right. Just met this guy. I mean, I see him down by the the stadium all the time, and I had an extra ticket at, and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just let's do- like come with me and let's go. I'm I mean, he's always he's always rocking Pacers gear. I mean, I've given him like shirts before of Pacers, so he loves the Pacers. I was like, yo, this is if any game where he's gonna go to. I got the extra ticket. Let's take my guy, right? So it's one of the coolest things, man. Um, I saw that game and we blew him out by thirty. And in the years past, I mean, we've had close games against LeBron, so it'd be cool to. Uh, and unfortunately, my guy was passed out at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it'll definitely, uh, definitely be exciting to watch. But with that, I think that's a wrap on episode eight here. Again, big, big shout out to Rob for sitting down with us and talking some basketball. And again, guys, thanks for listening. And we will catch you next week. Pacer Nation, baby. I'm straight hustling.